Welcome to the Happy Valley Baptist Church Sermons Podcast. We are so glad that you have decided to listen to the message that God has brought through Troy and Alice Hahn this week. This sermon was recorded on Sunday, December 5th, 2021, and released on Sunday, December 19th, 2021. My prayer is that this message is a blessing to you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the sermon. This time we'd like to ask Troy and Alice Hahn to come. And I told them I was going to let them introduce their own ministry, and we will. Uh, we're glad to have you with us today. Okay. We're glad to be here, and I bring you greetings from Jinja, Uganda, and Mwanza, Tanzania. They say that here now. They say mm-hmm. Tanzania. In, yeah. in Africa, and so we're so confused. Mm-hmm. We're going, what country are we in? Oh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's Tanzania here. Yeah. So I, I'll go back and forth, and I can't remember which one's what. So it happens when you get older. Yeah. And you got a lot of kids here today, so they've got something to look forward to. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> hey, just, just a little bit of introduction. Alice taught school for... 20 plus years, 25 plus years in uh, Eunice, and I worked in oil fields in southeast New Mexico and west Texas. So we're just plain old country folks. Alice was raised in Tatum. I was raised right there in Eunice. Been there all our lives. There's nothing special about us except that we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So... We were privileged to serve you as your IMB representatives in East Africa for two years, from 2016 to 2018. We were what they called then master's missionaries, which is retired or semi-retired folks that go to the mission field and do something that they were used to doing. Alice was the... Math and science secondary teacher. Yes, she was a math and science, but she was the one with the assignment. She went to teach TCK, third culture kids, missionaries kids, math and science. And I got to tag along, though. So we served in uh, Jinja, Uganda, and there's also Uganda Baptist Seminary there along with the school that Alice taught at. In um, 2016 to 2018, and since we've come home, the IMB has given us a few assignments and uh, encouraged us to try and work with local churches because once you're an IMB employee, you're always a IMB, International Mission Board. We tend to use uh, acronyms. acronyms or initials and, uh, and uh, oftentimes don't explain what they mean. And if you have questions about missions, missionaries, mission trips, 
Alice and I would be more than happy to try and get you answers, research with you, uh, point you in a direction. We also have a great website. It's imb.org. And don't let it mislead you to ibm.org. That's imb. So Tim, Dan, and, and uh, Gary all have our contact information if you uh, want, or we'd be glad to give it to you. And the very first thing I want to, want to say is thank you for giving to Lottie Moon. Thank you for giving to the Corpty program. These two funds make what we were able to participate in available. And, and if you look on the back of that, it says right at the top, 100% of the Lottie Moon offering goes to the overseas. It, 100% of the Lottie Moon offering goes overseas. That's all of it, you know. Let me tell you a little of what IMB did for us. They trained us for nine weeks. They bought us airplane tickets to Kenya. They furnished us visas and work permits. They gave us a wonderful three-bedroom, three-bath duplex. They furnished us a vehicle. It was not new. I think the first one we had was a 2003. Wasn't it? it was older than 2000, wasn't it? I think it's 2003. By the way, it was a Toyota Land Cruiser with a four-cylinder diesel stick shift. They don't care about that. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was fun. They also uh, sent us back to Kenya for some more training. And maybe one of the most critical things, we were surrounded by dedicated missionaries. And did I mention experiences of a lifetime? If you watch any of the IMB videos, which maybe they show some during the uh, Lottie Moon Christmas offering, chances are some of the people in the video Alice and I have had the privilege to meet. So, just, uh, and this data is available on the, on the website, imb.org. There's... 422 new missionaries last year, 247 new people groups were engaged, and yes, there's people groups that hasn't been reached yet, many left out there. I, I think the last count, about 6,000 people groups not reached. Almost 800,000 heard a gospel witness. There were 144,322 new believers. 86,587 people baptized in 18,380 new churches. 
That's what your IMB did for you. But we're falling behind because every day there's 158,000 people die without Jesus. And you just think about that. Uh, 158,000 every day die without Jesus. But just a small example of what your money does. $10 provides one month of language training for your missionary. $100 provides supplies for a missionary to serve a refugee camp for a week. $300 provides a one-year license renewal for a missionary doctor. $2,500 provides one year of homeschool curriculum for missionary kids. Your Lottie Moon offering goes a long way. There are 3,635 field personnel that you're giving help support. We arrived in Kenya at the end of, of September in 2016. A cluster meeting, which the East Africa cluster, mostly uh, five countries. Five countries. We're at a retreat center just outside Nairobi. Jet lag was in full force. If you can imagine flying for 24 hours and then getting off a plane and going to a meeting. Th then going to a meeting, yeah. <clears throat> of preaching. After a few days there, we traveled by auto to Jinja, arriving Saturday evening. And then Monday morning, we was off to Kampala, the capital of Uganda, pick up a car and our work visa. Tuesday, Alice was at school working. So you can see there was no time wasted. By the middle of October, I was on a team investigating food needs for a Baptist global response. It's now called Sin Relief. Oh, y'all saw that in your vacation Bible school literature? Uh, the Sin Relief team to Puerto Rico? Vacation Bible school workers? Yeah. I saw somebody nodding over with that. Thank you for nodding. <laughs> <laughs> we wound up doing a project at Olak, Uganda. It's about two and a half hours from Jinja, which probably um, 70, 80 miles. But it, it's you just cannot drive there like you do here. We had three spots where we distributed food to about 900 families. And uh, that was just kind of overwhelming to us, you know, to come from the surplus in this country and go over there where it's uh, not that away. Took a long day to gather up. We gathered up the, the food stuff, beans, uh, pocho, millet flour. That was it and um, put it on three different trucks and went to the three different spots and then had a, a little gospel presentation to the people there and then started handing out. And each one of us handed out to about 300 plus family groups. So it was quite, a, quite an ordeal. Then the next day on Sunday, all three of us were at a different church to speak. So it was a long weekend. Not only did Alice teach third culture kids, she taught English at the seminary. 
I was working in the yard on our side of the compound, which it had been vacant for over a year, so there was a lot of things jungle. needed to be cleaned up and pruned up and There was a on. jungle there with snakes and everything. <laughs> so January brought more training in Kenya that lasted until the main, middle of February. We attended a Kesu community church, which... Um, you had one, like where the pulpit is and the stage, you, you had a covering over that, and then you had two wings that went out, but the sides were completely open, and it was just a grass-thatched ceiling in it. So it is, uh, when it rained, it leaked, and it still does. So. <laughs> but it, it's nice. It's very cool there if you get any breeze at all. And... Uh, one of the most interesting activities that they did in that church was we sat in plastic lawn chairs, what we call them here, those little cheap plastic four-legged chairs, and we'd pick them up and turn them around and get in small groups of three, four, five, or six and have a prayer time. One of those times we had a couple of young men join us and wanted us to pray for them. They wanted us to pray for their farm and uh so we became acquainted with these young guys and uh later on they said uh, we're concerned about our village and we'd like you to help us do a bible school for or have a bible study for the children in our village and uh, alice has some details about that later on and um, it turned into an amazing thing By the way, some of those people still uh, stay in contact with us from time to time. One of the most interesting questions from that Bible study was, do you have to change your name when you get baptized? How would you answer that question? Sometime later on, on a Sunday morning, the lady that asked that question showed up at church and uh, happened to be having baptism in those two wings. You had a little kiddie swimming pool that we baptized in that, that uh, probably came up to there. And... Uh, I got her on the list, and she got baptized, and uh, she didn't have extra clothes. She hadn't planned on it, got there, and it was raining that day, cold, so she spent the rest of the day wet. No, Troy gave her his shirt. He has a T-shirt. He has a T-shirt. So that that's one of the real blessings of, of uh, that. There are so many things to that you get to experience that are rewarding, like meeting Kanasa, one of Alice's seminary class students. Why would a student from Mwanza, Tanzania, be interested in an old white guy from Eunice, New Mexico? Only God knows. He and his church are praying. 
right now for us. I'll talk while he regains his composure. So um, we're going to talk about this, and Dan has some pictures that we're going to look at uh, of Kanasa. But uh, he's from Tanzania, and he goes to the seminary in in Jinja, which is uh, is right across Lake Victoria, practically the same longitude, but the latitude is different. It takes about two days to drive around the lake. It's uh, Lake Victoria is the second um, largest lake in the world, uh, and it freshwater is a freshwater lake, and it is um, <clears throat> takes a long time to get around, uh, especially if you get into Tanzania and you have to stop and pay fines because you weren't, you don't have a Tanzania license plate, so you, they fine you for this, that, and the other. Yeah. Well, he wanted us to visit his church, which to them, when he said visit, he said pray, pray. with, come pray with us. And um, after talking to us for a long time about it, we finally agreed to go. And uh, then he says, I want you to do pastor training. I said, I'm not a pastor. <laughs> I don't know, uh, you know, but it worked out. I, I did take, uh, ask a Ugandan that's also a student at UBS to go with us. And uh, he is uh, studying. Pastor. Yeah, he's studying to be a pastor. So it's really amazing when Big James and I were talking to those 20, uh, 35 or so uh, pastors how the Holy Spirit connected our thoughts, worked us together to communicate through an interpreter to uh, that group of men. And probably one of the most enlightening things was the dedication, even though many of them didn't have a Bible. We've got, I probably got 12 Bibles at my house right now, you know. And these guys, you know, uh, Alice was working with a group of them. She said, can you say John 3.16 with me? And uh, I said, just the, say it in your language, <clears throat> Swahili. Yeah, Swahili or, or some. That's the national uh, language. But uh, they don't have Sunday school like you just went to. They don't have Bible school like we have, like you had, and you had a bunch of kids except Jesus out of your Bible school. And... Uh, so they don't know Bible verses. They're not trained to memorize Scripture. They don't know how. So it, you know, you, you, mind gets expanded by going over and and seeing these things. Alice has got a picture of the church. You see the church. <clears throat> Before Alice shows you the slides, I want to say thank you again for supporting the Corpty program in Lottie Moon. And thank you, Jesus. 
our Lord and Savior, for filling our cups to overflowing. If you haven't made a commitment to Jesus, talk to me or Alice. We'll be glad to tell you about him. By the way, the Garden of Eden right there. Yeah, that is the Nile. Nile River. That's the Nile River. So um, our path to go into the mission field is um, an interesting tale, but I'm leaving that out. I'm just going to start my my tale uh, with us landing in, in Kenya uh, in, I said October 2016 because it was a day for his birthday, but we left here in September. It takes a long time to get there. And we got there, and we were there like, in the middle of the night, the next morning was his birthday, and they had a birthday cake for him. The missionaries did. That was just so incredible. Um, but we began as master's missionaries in 2016 after this year-long process of uh, selection and training and, and the application process itself. God plucked us up from our, our comfortable, familiar life in Eunice and plopped us down in the middle of the Garden of Eden. This is actually a view of, of the Nile River from our front porch. The other teacher in my school is actually from Plainview, Plainview, Texas. And we would just sit there and stare at that river and go, can you believe that God brought us here? That's baby Moses' river. There it is. It's amazing. Uh, Uganda is so verdant and lush, and yet it is the second poorest country in the world. This is a picture of a lily. This is the kind of lily that we grow in houseplants. And if you check right behind the lily, you see the stair. That, that's a pair, that's some concrete stairs going on the outside. The flower is this tall. It's just incredible. Um, there is a, the next picture shows Troy with this elephant ear plant that we grow. We have to take it inside in the winter. That, that leaf is half as tall as him, if you can see that. That's right out by, by the water tank. What do you call that? Yeah, yeah our, our water tank, overhead water tank. When we started to go, I was talking to our missionary, the Misty, our sponsor, who wrote the request for us to come. She said, life is really not that hard. She said, uh, we have electricity most days, and, and we have uh, water almost all the time. So that kind of gave me a warning that her standards were a little bit not as quite as American. They've been there 20 years, so it's like you don't really notice when electricity goes off and or how long it stays off. You know, it's just like part of life. Um, even though it's this, oh yeah, the next picture. This, this is a. Those are coffee beans there in Troy's hand, and that cocoa. big, and that big pod is a cocoa pod. So, you know, they grow all these things that we think, like, wow, that would be nice to just have your own coffee plantation in the backyard. But in spite of all this, this luxury and, and absolute life abounding, life is also hard. The, these next children are, uh, they're just on the, the side of the road. We were going to visit a, a man uh, who begged Troy. I don't know why they always beg. Troy's like he's a tender-hearted person and I would go no we can't do that but he goes okay we'll come anyway so we went here went there and we these are some kids on the side of the village one Sunday afternoon 
This next picture is a five-year-old child working in his family brick factory. And the guy that worked for us in the garden actually had uh, started at that brick factory. Never, they never went to school, never learned to read, never had those opportunities. This little child is five, already starting turning bricks. Um, this next picture is a uh, mechanic supply store. You can get anything you want in that store. It will be used, maybe used several times, but they can generally fix things uh, with just amazing wire, piece of wire, bailing wire or something. Uh, and here's a kitchen in in uh, Kuali, Kenya. This is a kitchen, outdoor kitchen. And Helen could actually make a pretty good meal in that kitchen. And um, now she made the tea in the house. I, I guess I'm getting too close because you hear my... Okay, she made the tea in the house, but the chicken and the other things she'd make out there in that kitchen, that outdoor kitchen. And here's a market... Uh, area in Palisa where Troy went to on the BGR the, uh, relief where you they took some food to give the people there. And life is hard. There's 85 to 90 percent unemployment. It's the second poorest nation in the world, Uganda is. Um, there's just no jobs. They, they buy used clothes, you know, cast off clothes from the rest of the world put them in a big bale um, and ship them to Africa and then the Africans pay like a dollar or two for for a skirt or actually less than that. Yeah. The, the exchange rate is 3,000 shillings to a dollar. So, you know, just maybe 20 cents or something and they get to get old cast off clothes. Uh, that's great for them. That's That's their Sunday clothes. Uh, but here's the market area we go. Uh, the one in Jinja is all indoors. Well, not all. A lot of it's indoors in a, a building as big as a couple of cotton gins put together and just cram-packed with anything you should want used. Live, live animals. Live animals and down to, you know, um, electrical parts. You know, we, we couldn't buy a bathtub there. We did have to go somewhere else for that. Yeah. But you can get light bulbs there and used clothes and oh I don't have anything on from there but yeah that's the market so uh, Troy was involved in a BGR at that town Polisa and here he is oh he's not in that picture but he's in the next picture it's a food di distribution project uh, for a drought stricken area in Uganda close to Polisa there he is here the people listened to a Bible lesson before food was distributed, and they were sitting out under a tree because it's too hot to go into the church building. So they sat on, under the tree. Now the next day they were in their church building, and this is Troy's first sermon to his to Ugandans. He had a translator who was a uh, Pentecostal um, preacher, and he got into it. I mean, he was like, I don't know what he was putting into Troy's sermon, but he was like, he was shouting and going on, and people were shouting back, I have no idea. Troy and I were going, who knows what they heard, but anyway, that was Troy's sermon, 
and um, it was it was it was interesting. Okay, um, one of our biggest adventures was when these two young men here they are. Uh, the the one on my right is Timon, and the one on the left is Jamal. And um, they said to Troy when I wasn't there, "Can you do a Bible story time for children?" And so when Troy told me that, um, it's like. I don't know how to talk to little kids. I'm a secondary teacher. It, little kids, I don't. You know, if they don't know how to read, I don't know what to do with them. I mean, you know, it's like I don't know. I said, no, we can't do that. He's already told them we would. So they they wanted <laughs> they wanted us to come to their village, and this is the, the one of the apartment buildings in their village. It's right. It's actually in Jinja, but they call it their village, and um, that's where we started. We started with 15 kids, and we took uh, cookies, or they call them biscuits, and uh, a, a picture to color. And so we went, started with 15, next week's 35, and then it just like exploded. Uh, we got up to 70 children and 20 adults. Oh, the next picture shows there were some big kids there. Uh, and so Troy started. We thought shading was a little sort of like, below them, so he started a discipleship class with the big kids, and the parents wanted to come. And it's like, whoa, it's like asking for a pretty pony for Christmas, and then God drops a Clydesdale in your lap. It's like, we did not expect that. But then we found out that Kanasa and his church were um, meeting every morning, raising their hands before God and praying for us by name. So we thought, ah, that's what happened. God was in charge of that. And he really didn't care that I didn't know how to teach it. He, and all that time we were there, he would put things in our, our path that would go, oh, we're not really, that's not our, really our thing, but we did it. And um, he blessed. So this is Kanasa, Kanasa Pascal from Tanzania. Mwanza. And he honestly thought Troy was the most wise and learned man that God had ever made. He he is he is still besotted with Troy. I mean, he thinks Troy's awesome. He's he asks him theological questions. Well, we have to. Well, we don't. Troy scrambles around and tries to find commentaries and stuff to answer. You know these these questions. He just thinks Troy is awesome, which is cool. I mean, I always thought he had, was awesome, but I didn't expect this. Other people, to, the tans people in Tanzania to, to know how awesome he was. Um, about the time we were ready to leave is when he said, he, it was really close to time to leave. That's when he said he wanted a preaching clinic. And we're going, or I was going like this. And Troy's going, I'm, I'm not really a preacher. But, but he said, uh, you know how to use the Bible. So uh, Troy thought, well, and then we, we had made it our policy not to say no the whole time we were there because we we just went and God just put things in our path and we just did them, you know. And so we figured this is something he had in our path. So we took some discipleship material we were doing with our kids. Here we are. That's Big James. He's standing several inches lower than Troy and I. He's a tall man. And he went with us. Six, six. Six, six. He, and we call him Big James. Everybody calls him Big James. So we went and we met the first uh, 
we went to tour a church who lost its roof and they were still meeting there. Here's James looking in there. The roof was blown off. It's right at the shores of the lake and they get strong breezes there. Blew the roof off and we met Sunday morning there. And then we went um, to another church to have our, there's the, the second church. That's more in town, in Mwanza. That's the outdoors of it. And then uh, there's a kitchen crew. They served us the meal. That's yeah. where we had uh, the pastor training. Pastor training. They served us a meal. Nice, good meal. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Those ladies are good cooks. And then here's the worship service, and uh, the it was it was a good clinic, I guess. I don't know. Uh, we did get a couple of Bibles. When I saw that some of them didn't have Bibles, we checked with Kanasa to see if there was a way to get a Swahili Bible there in town. And I think he got two. There were two. I think we bought five. Five, and then he gave them out to the pastors that didn't have Bibles. So what they would do, they hear a sermon on the radio, and then they preach that to their people. Whether it's true or not, it might be, you know, it could be prosperity gospel, it could be something else, but it sounds good, so they they preach that. So it's really important, pastor training, Bibles, it's really important. We didn't have any more, there were only five Bibles, but since then... Um, there are other people groups all, all over. We found out at the seminary have no Bibles. There, it's an oral language, uh, oral uh, learning group. Oral society. Oral, so they pass uh, knowledge down orally. So they might learn how to read in school, but it's, that's still not really important for their, for their preaching and for their teaching. What's really important is the tales that they've heard, and that's how they spread their Christianity is what they heard. So that's one reason he was so excited for Troy to come because they didn't know how to use the Bible. They might have one, but they didn't know how to use it or what that it was God's word to them. Um, so our, back to our children at Kira Road. Um, we took them back and forth to church uh, till there was just too many for us to take in one car and then two cars. We'd run back and forth. And so then we drafted some friends who had a van. So gradually we got where each of us were going back and forth, carrying all these kids to church. And um, we, it got too many for that again. So our, our uh, pastor suggested that he get a taxi. So there was a couple of taxis that would run back and forth. Taxis, they're a large um, um, Toyota van. And they're supposed to have like, 12 or 15 capacity, right? And one day I saw 47 kids got off of that, that van brought to our church. Um, but this, this um, ministry to children gradually led into health, um, helping with the health problems, medical care. In a country where the ratio to, of, medical, of, of patients to medical care in Uganda is 25,000 to one. So uh, they can't afford it, and there's not that many doctors. Um, but gradually, we were with the, yeah, that you can show the picture of Junior. So gradually, we started being involved in healthcare. Junior, I think, was our first. He had broken his arm uh, when he was away from home, and never had been set. He had been broken about two weeks, and he came home. And uh, we didn't see him, they told us. 
uh, that he was screaming every night, and they were asking us to do something. And then when I saw him, I said, Ooh, his arm is broken, Troy. We need to take him. We didn't know where to take him, and it was Saturday night, which is followed by Sunday, and we don't know. You know, we always heard, don't take him to Ginger, Maine, and we didn't know what to do, but there was a guy at church that told us uh, where to take him. So that was our first um, experience with um, helping with medical care. But then also we had, um, there was a three-year-old who smashed her finger in the door, which here would be very simple, but there, um, I don't have a picture of her, but there because of the situation where there's no way to sterilize, there's no way to, I mean, you have soap and water, but you can't keep it clean and there's no sterile bandages. And even if you boil your water so that you have sterile water, there's no way to store it. There's no refrigerator. There's no jar to keep it clean in. Um, as a result of that, the doctors practice like Civil War medicine. So the, the doctor looked at her finger and he said, oh, we'll have, uh, she said, the doctor said, we'll just amputate it. And the, the smash part was here at the end. And so I said, can't you just stitch it up? And the thing is, it didn't really look that bad. It had been bleeding for two days, active bleeding. And so she said, no, because there's no way to keep it clean. And we're going to have to amputate it anyway. So I said, she said, now, if they could bring the, the little girl back to the clinic every day, then we could do it. Well, fortunately, Kiara Road is right across, Kiara Road Village is right across the street from that clinic. So Betty said she would bring uh, the baby every day, and she did, and they saved the finger. Um, also, there was a girl that lost vision in one eye and uh, was losing vision in one eye. And uh, we even consulted an op uh, ophthalmologist here in the United States, and he said that this is a treatment he recommended, and so we took her to an ophthalmologist and had some treatment, but the grandmother who was treating her misunderstood the importance of the time. Time matters in our country, and it doesn't really matter in most of the rest of the world. It just doesn't really matter. So she didn't understand that every 12 hours a little girl needed a shot. And um, so, yeah, she lost vision in that eye. Then there was a school girl, high school girl, who was in a boat accident. A boat is a little motorcycle that they use for public transport. Um, not only people. We saw one with a casket on it. But anyway, um, this girl was in the boat wreck and it burned her leg really bad. There were um, flies crawling on her and stuff. Anyway, so we were able to help in a number of medical situations. And that brings us to baby James. Uh, uh, baby James was born and he uh, didn't gain weight. And I didn't realize it. His mother didn't bring him out to story time for a long time, and then when I saw him, I realized he, he never had gained any weight, and he was like three months old and still weighed like seven pounds, six pounds, and uh, really alarmed me. And so we took him uh, to a um, missionary pediatrician, and um, he said he was a Down syndrome baby. I don't know if you can tell that. And he said uh, they'll have to... He, he talked to the mother about feeding the baby and how they thought they, it's so hard for them because their tongue is thick, it's hard for them to nurse. So she needed to just keep on, even though he fell asleep. She thought he was satisfied when he did that, but he just was too tired. Um, so she talk, he talked to her about nursing the baby. And then he's, uh, he said, 
in order to know if this baby can be helped, we need to have um, echocardiogram. So we sent him to Uganda. Oh, to it was it was Ginger Maine to a, a specialist, and we had an electrocard uh, an echocardiogram, and then to find out if he could go overseas to get heart repair because there were like four big holes in his heart. To see if he could get heart repair, we had to take him to uh, Uganda Heart Institute in Kampala. So we did that. And when we got these two papers back, there's the one from, there's the two papers side by side. Can't read them. So we'll go to the next one that shows the results. This is what's amazing. Every, it's hard, you can't read it now, can you? I should have made it darker print. Uh the large hole, the largest hole was 9.4, and it had already closed down to 9. Uh, the moderate hole was 10, and it had already closed down to 6. Uh, the, uh, the secondary hole was 5, and it closed down to whatever that other number is, 4. And the regurgitation, where the, the blood gets mixed through the big hole in the ventricle, was 52 to begin with. is down to 15. 18. And it's like God was healing that baby. He was just like, you don't think he would. I mean, that's just amazing. It's just so we started claiming that he's healed, that God was healing him. And I was so excited. I mean, we had seen many miracles while we were there, many answered prayers. And I wasn't, I, I got at the seminary when we prayed with the students, we almost expected the next student in, in would say, well, I have some extra of that, you know, whatever. We just knew that God would work miracles. And um, it was just the most exciting thing ever because I had this, you know, this medical report to show, I, to show people that he is, he's healing him. Well, when we got back, uh, he died. Baby James died. And I would just... I, I argued with God. I said, but I was giving you the glory as if, you know, he owed me something, right? Um, but I realized then, one more time, this God, God teaches me this lesson all the time, and this is my least favorite lesson in the world. But one more time, he taught me that he's God and I'm not. He doesn't take my advice. He doesn't come to me for approval. He doesn't owe me answers. He is God. But I've, I've asked God not to teach me that lesson anymore because it's very painful. It's a painful lesson. So he is patient and persistent in teaching me that same lesson. I don't know if I can ever really learn it well. But in, even in the midst of these hard lessons, God continually poured out blessings on us. He gave us a family. This is Evelyn. She actually worked with me in the house, but I hesitate to call her a housekeeper because she really turned out to be my daughter. And Gideon, her husband, there's an interesting story when I actually told the nurse at the hospital that he's my son. And so she said, okay, she just wrote it down. But um, so those are that's our daughter and our son, and then they had a baby, Jade, and uh, that's our first grandbaby, our only grandbaby right now, and uh, there she is at four months, and it was like he just kept on blessing us. Then he brought us a son, another son, um, a journeyman. A journeyman uh, goes 
after college, they can go two years to the mission field. And so our, um, um, my boss said, now, if you don't want anybody in your house, I understand, but if you would have him come live with you, you know, anytime it doesn't work, you know, we'll find another place. So we said, sure. I mean, it wasn't even our house. God gave us the house. How could we say no? You know, that wouldn't make sense. But he, he brought Nathan, and that was such such a blessing. Evelyn and Gideon embraced us and became our cultural guides. There's, oh, Nathan and Jade. So uh, Nathan said, uh, I don't know. He said, it's going to be kind of hard for me to find a girl to marry because I don't want kids. I don't want any kids. So I said, well, you'll probably change your mind. He goes, no, I won't. And I saw this picture of him and Jade on the couch, and I'm going, yeah, like he didn't want kids. <laughs> anyway, um, he still hadn't married. But anyway, um, Evelyn and Gideon embraced us and became our cultural guides. Here's Evelyn and I and our Gomez. Gomez is this really fancy, uncomfortable dress. What you wear to a wedding. And I didn't get a picture of Troy and his... Uh, it, no, he wore a... It's a dress. What is it? Uh, I can't think of yeah, it. Troy has a dress, too. His his is white and has a little gold braid. It's very, very... It's not like, like this. But uh, for really fancy men, you can uh, Google um, uh, formal dress for Ugandan men, and you'll see all these men in their dresses. He has a, he has a really cute dress. Um, <laughs> And he wears it. Yeah, I wear it. He wore it once. <laughs> so you, you wear you wear uh, suit coat. You wear a suit coat on top, but you you wear a shirt and tie under it, and you wear pants. You know. Uh, and the dress is kind of thin. Yeah, it's very thin. Yeah. And it, it's hard for them to fit uh, Western culture guys because we're. We're thick in the chest, thicker than the Ugandans, and broader shoulders. And yeah. So and bigger right. necks. The Troy's neck was like, okay. Um, so part of being a, a Ugandan is having these big family dinners, and so um, if 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 it's a good year, then the dad of the family hopes that come Christmas, he can afford to give every child one bite of meat. And soda. Yeah, we found out about soda later, but if they, if each child can have a bite of meat, you know, it's, and it's a wonderful Christmas celebration. Needless to say, there's no presents under the tree. But there is a big dinner. So this is our porch on our second year when we were more Ugandan than not by then. So we invited them, uh, we invited all the village um of Evelyn's village. All the girls. All the girls. Well, they were mixed them in too, but they all came. Here we are. The women sit on the floor in the living room, and the men sit at the table. But Troy had good reason to sit at the table right there. He's feeding Jade. And so that's her, her bottom meat for her her first Christmas. Um, we wanted to stay another year at the end. We really wanted to stay another year, but... We, Troy's mom was 90 when we left, and so uh, she didn't want us to leave. And, um, but Troy said, I don't have any choice. We felt compelled. And so she said, I know you don't. 
She said, uh, Troy said, because God wants us to leave. She said, I know you don't, and I'm going to talk to God about that. So I'm sure she did the whole two years we were gone because she, she has a very active prayer life. Um, but I started thinking more and more about the verse toward, toward the end of our second year, about the verse that uh, Jesus said to the Pharisees, you tithe the herbs in your garden, but you don't take care of your family. So what, you know, what kind of service do you call that? So uh, we knew we needed to come back. And we had two and a half years with moms. Um, she died last, last May. But it was, a, it was a really good time that we had with her. So now in the season of Lottie Moon, we're reminded uh, again that, that if people don't hear, don't give. Or people... People in the United States, by their giving, uh, more children heard the gospel, more preachers have Bibles and, and learn how to use them, more people can be reached for Christ because people gave. Troy and I were able to drive a car to school, to haul kids to church, uh, and people to the doctor because of Lottie Moon, because people gave to Lottie Moon, because because of Lottie Moon, we had a house to live where we could share with journeymen or other people, other visitors, we had quite a few visitors, space to have Christmas dinner and to host weekly Bible studies. We owe our two years to the generosity of believers here in the United States. So please continue supporting Lottie Moon. And please think about going to missions yourself. It, it is such, such a rewarding, rewarding experience. And this, this verse, actually, in some versions of the Bible, in uh, Zephaniah 3.10, actually mentions the Nile, which we really um, were pleased to see that. People will come from where the Nile River began, which is right there in Jinja. My, my scattered people will come with gifts for me. And that kind of became our favorite verse. If you have any questions, then... Ask him. <laughs> right. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the message today. I pray that you know Jesus as your personal Savior. If you do not know Jesus as your personal Savior and would like to talk with someone, we would love to talk with you. We are in the Carlsbad, New Mexico area at 4103 West Texas Street. Sunday school starts at 9.30 a.m. and Sunday morning services start at 10.45 a.m. We also have a Wednesday night Bible study that meets at 6 p.m. We encourage you to get connected to a local church in your community and get involved in spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. To stay up to date on all the happenings at Happy Valley Baptist Church, you can go to facebook.com slash hvbcnm. That is facebook.com slash hvbcnm, as in Happy Valley Baptist Church, New Mexico. To find additional podcast sermons, you can go to podcast.hvbcnm.org. Thank you and God bless.